Father God, I thank you for this morning, Lord Jesus, the 17th of April. Father, I pray that this morning would be a moment in time where we receive a revelation from heaven. Father, I pray that we would not walk out the same this morning. I pray that something of your spirit would resonate with us. Father, I pray that it would transcend my words, Lord Jesus, and it would be your spirit speaking into hearts this morning. I'm believing for transformation. I'm believing for salvation. I'm believing for revelation and nothing short of the Spirit of God touching someone this morning. Lord, breakthrough in someone's life. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus. And anyone who wants that said, Amen. Amen. Why don't you grab a seat? Awesome. Well, welcome this morning. Our theme for April is the Holy Spirit. And um, it's an exciting theme, but it's also something that's really confusing for some people. Because we live in a very natural world, don't we? We live in a world where like you're sitting on a physical seat, you drove here in a car, you eat food, you drink water, and your life, it's a physical world that we live in, and it's a material, tangible world that we live in. And especially in the Western world, we are totally desensitized to the spirit. And we're completely materialistic and completely physical in our orientation. But the scripture tells us that the spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm. That actually the things that are unseen to the eyes, our physical natural eyes are more real than anything else. That right now there is a spiritual realm around your life that is more real than the chair you're sitting on and the car you drove in this morning. That your circumstances, that there's actually a a spiritual thing taking place around every single person. And, um, And so that can be very, very challenging. It can be hard for us to grasp. And so what we've done over the course of especially Pentecostal church is we've We've whittled down the Holy Spirit to a manifestation of someone rolling around laughing or crying in the front altar. That that's the Holy Spirit and that's the work of the Spirit. And that's somehow easy to understand because we can see it, because it's manifesting in a way that is, you know, we can put that in a box and we can understand that. But the truth is that the spirit realm is, is everything. It's all around us. Okay, so whether you believe in Jesus or not makes no difference to the fact that there is a spiritual realm. And the thing is then, when we become followers of Jesus, we tap into something of the Spirit. Scripture tells us that we are three parts, and one of them is the Spirit, and the Spirit is the only part of us that will take with us into heaven. We won't take our body, we won't take our soul, which is our emotions and our mind. We'll take our spirit into heaven. That nothing else will go with us. That that's the only thing that lives on into eternity. From eternity you came and into eternity you go. Whether you believe it or not, I'm sorry. That's how it will go. And so we have this thing of the spirit. And then the scripture also tells us that deep calls to deep. And what that means is, that the spirit realm is calling to our spirit. Deep calls to deep. And so we become followers of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is calling to our spirit. And part of what we now do is we can tap into and we can have our spiritual eyes opened 
and our spiritual ears opened. We see something different. We hear something different. We experience something different. And we have a level of authority that we didn't have before. Are you with me? We come alive, so to speak. We actually come alive. We come from death. We come from being unaware. We come from being in a place of just existing in this natural world, subject to what's happening around us but oblivious to it, to becoming Christians and followers of Jesus and now tapping into something of the Spirit. Are you with me? I can feel a shift already taking place across the room. So what happens is we have to somehow make sense of this. And it is more than just goosebumps. It is more than just a manifestation in the altar once a year when some evangelist comes and like stirs a spectacle. It's bigger than that. It's more than that. It's every minute of every day. And it was around before you became aware and it will continue to take place. That's the reality of the situation. And so here we are. How do we make sense of this? The Holy Spirit. So I'm going to do a bit of teaching this morning because I think that we need to understand how powerful the Spirit of God is and how in tune we can be with Him every single moment of every day. He is real. He is present. He is our companion. He is our helper. He is our counselor. He is with us. And so we need to understand. And it starts with the Trinity. And um, Sam sent me a quote this week, which I didn't write down because I wasn't going to use it, but it's very, very good. (laughs) Said something like, and and it was a real, who was it? Was it C.S. Lewis or someone like that? Said something like, I'm not even going to try, Sam. We find it. (laughs) The Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we have to understand this in order to understand how it all works today. When you walk out these doors, what does any of this mean? And so it starts here. What came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken came first. God existed, and he existed in community with himself. And that community was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So we have the Father who created heaven and earth. Um, He then created humanity. And with that humanity, he had relationship and he loved us. Um, Perfect communion. We read that um, he walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. He made a time that he would meet with them and he just loved to be around them. They were in perfect community. Perfect conversation, perfect relationship. It was, it was a channel that was not interrupted. There was no static on the line. It was completely open and completely perfect. And there was perfect love, perfect community between God and man. And then we know that sin entered the world and this caused separation. God can't be in the presence of sin. A holy God can't be in the presence of sin. And so this community and this relationship that he had with humanity was now broken. But he wasn't happy leaving it that way. He loves us that much that he then 
created a plan, and the plan was his son, Jesus, which is God in flesh. So Jesus comes from heaven to earth. Um, He goes from the cross to the cross then, to the grave. In that, he deals with sin and death through the resurrection. So what, what I love about these two set settings, the, the uh, Garden of Eden in perfection, we see the heart of God in these two settings. We see perfection and community and love and relationship, and then here we see restoration of relationship. This is the heart of God. This is the heart of God. We see it at, in Eden and we see it at the cross and the resurrection. And so then what Jesus does, he rises again on the third day from the dead and he... He's victorious over everything that's tried to separate us. It's now broken. It has no power. It has no power because of what Jesus did and in his victory. It no longer has power over us. So what one Adam ushered into the world, the second Adam dealt with, and it's now broken and we're free from that. And so here we are now, and Jesus is alive again, and he is about to ascend into heaven Ascend into heaven, but before he does that, he commissions us. And he says to his followers, go into all the world and tell them what I've done. Tell them about my love. Tell them, show them, be me in the world. You are little Christs. That's what the word Christian means, little Christ. He says, go into all the world. That's our commissioning. You've been commissioned. But he says, but wait because I'm going, I'm out of here now, I'm about to leave, but I'm sending a, Holy, a, a helper, and that is the Holy Spirit. So this is where we are now, God the Father, God the Son, and now the Holy Spirit, he's in this room. He's with you in your every day. The Holy Spirit is the one Jesus sent when he ascended into heaven. So what are some of the roles and the characteristics of the Holy Spirit? Well, I believe the most important one is he brings people to Christ. Um, he establishes faith. Sam preached about this last week, that it's actually the Holy Spirit that gives us faith to believe. When you have that moment, when something switches in your brain, that's the Holy Spirit giving you a revelation. It's the Holy Spirit breathing faith into you. That's how real he is. You're like, wow, I don't normally think like that. I've just had a revelation. That's the Holy Spirit. You're not that smart. The Holy Spirit is who convicts. Oftentimes I'll sit across the table from someone who desperately wants a family member or a loved one to come into a relationship with Jesus and I have to remind them, give the Holy Spirit his job back. It's not your responsibility to convict someone. The Holy Spirit will do that. He brings conviction. He, he puts his finger on the, lovingly on those areas in our lives and shows us, shows us a way out. It's the difference between conviction and condemnation which just backs you in a corner and you have no option. Conviction is the Holy Spirit going, I love you and this area is binding you up. Let's do this together. And that's what conviction is. Sam mentioned it this morning. A characteristic of the Holy Spirit is generosity. And so it's powerful. He 
can't help but be generous. God is a very, very generous God, and the Holy Spirit is extremely generous. It's one of his characteristics. Uh, We're baptized in the Holy Spirit. which means that, that we then walk in that, we're filled with that, we're covered in that, we put that on, we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're immersed in the Holy Spirit. Um, he witnesses to us. What does he witness to us? That we are children of God. That's his witness to you. You are a child of God. Um, revelation. He brings revelation. Um, he's our guarantee. What does that mean? He's our guarantee of salvation. When you become a Christian, it's the Holy Spirit that is your passport into heaven. He's your guarantee of salvation, is the Holy Spirit. Because it is no longer just a dead religion. It's a living religion. And the Holy Spirit is your guarantee. Holy Spirit is your guarantee of salvation. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is the only one of the Trinity who is offendable? Have you met that person who, like, you just can't get them down? They just bounce back every time. The Holy Spirit's not that. The Holy Spirit will back off from your life. He is offendable because he's a gentleman. Holy Spirit is the only one of the Trinity who is offendable. Um... Liberty. Those chains on your life, it's the Holy Spirit that breaks them and brings liberation to you. It's the Holy Spirit who opens the prison door around your life. It's the Holy Spirit that comes and drags you out of that place and frees you. Think of the war times. Think of, think of um, Auschwitz, Birkenau in, in, this, in the World War where there were all these prisoners in those concentration camps and it was a soldier who came in and opened the doors and it was liberation day that is the holy spirit's role in your life what has once held you bound he comes with those keys and opens it and then it's up to you and him with the gift of conviction and faith to walk out of your prison cell many christians have an open door and they're still sitting in their prison cell um Oh, transformation. Transformation from glory to glory. Amen? It's, it's a process. <laughs> you don't, like our senior pastor always says, you don't like become a Christian. It's like, glory! No, it's like glory to glory to glory. This is a process. It's all good. Most of us are like the rest of us. Um, Transformation, and the last one is creation. He was actually present at creation. We see it in Genesis 1 verse 2, that the Spirit hovered over the earth. We see it in Job 26, where it says that a field will become a ripe, uh, a, a desert will become a ripe field. And we see in Isaiah as well, that God's talking about when the Holy Spirit was present at creation. And why is that important? Because it illustrates to us that they're always together. All three of them are always together. And so they have perfect unity. Are you with me? Perfect unity. They um, serve each other. They defer to one another. We see all through the scripture that Jesus is saying, I only do what what I see my father doing. God's like glorifying the son. 
the Holy Spirit is edifying what the son had done and he's using the voice of, you know, of the scripture, which is God, which then Jesus was in, in flesh and he is the word. And it's like all interchange and all, they defer to one another. They deflect glory. You don't see any single one of them trying to attract glory for themselves. They're constantly deflecting it to one another. And they confirm each other. You should never, ever get Christian counsel that contradicts the word of God. The Holy Spirit will always confirm what the Father has said or what the Son has done. They confirm each other. And so that's, that's the Trinity, and that's how this works now. So, so all this took place, and it was all ordered, and it was all organized for you, for you, so that now you can live like this by the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit. Can you see how it is more than just an experience of tingles or a moment in church? This is your whole life. This is your whole life. So then if we go over here, are you still with me? Is anyone getting anything out of this? I cannot wait till we get our lighting fixed in this auditorium. So if we look at the Holy Spirit himself now, today, there are two things that I want to highlight for us in our everyday lives. Is this okay? It's a little bit different to a normal Sunday morning preach, but um, I think it's really important for us to understand because this is kind of what set me free and what helped me do life effectively, amen, as opposed to just, I'm a Christian, I have no idea what that means, no idea how to do that. Okay, so do that. We're not doing, we're being. We're being. Okay, so Holy Spirit, what does that mean? Okay, so the fruits of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, there are nine. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Long-suffering, we love that one. And the other one we love too is self-control. Fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5. So, Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, love, suffering, long-suffering, and self-control. The fruits of the Spirit. And then over here, we have the gifts of the Spirit. So there's two sets of gifts. Did you know that? Spirit Nancy knows that. If you need an awesome life group, you need to go to Nancy and Jason's life group. Okay, here we go. In, do you know where it is, Nancy? 1 Corinthians 12. Let's do this. 1 Corinthians 12. And there's nine of these as well. Um, got wisdom, knowledge, faith, uh, prophecy, 
discernment. Uh, healing. Miracles. Uh, the gift of tongues and all the confusion that comes with that. <laughs> and interpret, however you spell it. Um, the interpretation of tongues. So there are nine gifts, spiritual gifts of the Spirit. And so wisdom, knowledge, faith, prophecy, discernment, healing, miracles, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And um, it's just beautiful to see those different gifts outworked in the church and through the church. There's, there are also motivational gifts. Motivational gifts in Romans 12. And there are seven of those. Um, we've got teaching, one of mine, leadership, uh, giving, uh, mercy, not one of mine. Uh, <laughs> amen. <laughs> it's not one of Sam's either. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Um, now you've thrown me. Too much laughing. Leadership, training, teaching, giving, mercy, helps. Prophecy makes it twice. Encouragement. Motivational gifts. So that's my whiteboard done. And so what does, what, how, do we, how do we do this? What does this mean? So what's really important for us is that's just a background for you to understand how the Holy Spirit fits and, and how it works in the Trinity. But I want to focus here on these two lists. And really these two will make up my two points this morning. Um, basically, the first act of the Holy Spirit is to reconnect you with your true self. This is your true self. When God and the Holy Spirit and the Father sat down and decided to create you, this is what they created you to be. This is you. You are love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness. You have self-control. You have long-suffering. You are faithful. This is who you are. Trouble is, in a world like ours, and subject to experiences and conditions and people, this gets twisted and it gets crushed and it gets suppressed under things like, well, what's the opposite of love? Resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness. What's the opposite of joy? Criticism. You know, what's the opposite of peace? Anger, impatience, discontentment. What's the opposite of kindness? Anger. We see all these things happen. We see faithfulness go out the window and marriages and families break down. We see um, people lacking in self-control and then they're wondering why they have major health issues and why you know, things are just going out the window left, right and center. And, but this is actually who you are. 
This is who you are. And like Sam was saying, it's not about being. It's not about doing. Because I can't become a Christian and try to stick these to my life. It would be like a tree trying to stick oranges to itself. This, these are an outward sign of an inward life source. That's where being comes into it. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, when he is witnessing to you, when you are in communion with him and immersed in him, these things start to manifest in your life. It's about being. I can try as hard as I want to have peace, but it's only the Holy Spirit's conviction and place in my life that will actually bring that about. And so I have to be in a place of community with the Holy Spirit, and that's where it just, it's an outward sign of an inward life source. And that's where we become countercultural because the world is the opposite to all of this. But Jesus' followers come into the world bearing this sort of fruit, and everyone wants to eat of our fruit. Everyone wants to take part of something like that. So you walk into a workplace, you walk into a family environment, and you're carrying love and joy and peace. You actually smile. You actually are generous. You actually have hope. You actually have all these things around your life, and people are like, oh my gosh, I just want to be around that. I just want to be a part of whatever it is you're carrying because it's so attractive, and it really is. It really is. It's an answer. It's an answer, isn't it? It's an answer to the world. And so it's a reconnection, a reconnection with our true self. And that's where we see Eden was your true self and then the fall and then we have a reconnection, redemption, reconciliation. We see what the work of the cross does in us and now the spirit who is at work in our lives reconnects us to who we really are, who we really are. And our flesh may be weak. Our spirit, the only part of us that we're taking into heaven, is so willing and so ready to jump on this, but our flesh will hold us back. And that's why we have to just bring ourselves into a place of surrender, complete surrender to the Spirit of God, hearing what it is that He's hearing, seeing what it is that He's seeing for us and for those around us. We come into a place of transformation. Our hearts, our hearts and emotions... We bring them into alignment with the word of God. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Amen? Now I'm going to mess with some of you, and I can, because I have beaten anxiety, and I know what the opposite of sound mind is. And here's the key in another translation of that sound scripture. So in... New King James, he says he's given us power and love and a sound mind. And the New Living Translation says he's given us power and love and self-discipline. Self-control. That always goes down like a lead balloon. It's true. Can I just speak into the lie of depression and anxiety this morning? The lie of an unsound mind. There's only room for one voice in your life. You choose which voice that's going to be. That is the revelation I had almost 12 months ago. There is only room for one voice in my life. I can choose the lie 
that will bind me up and freak me out. Or I can choose the voice of the Spirit, which is all this. It is peace. It is love. It is kindness. It is gentleness. It expels worry. It expels fear. It expels all those things. And when those things try to bombard my mind, I just have to be again. I just have to come back into a place of being in the Spirit of God, allowing Him to manifest Himself in my life. I can't wait for the day where the confession of a Christian is no longer the lie of the enemy. You look like Christians, but you sound like the devil. Lying to you. Lying to you. There's only one room, room for one voice, and that is the Spirit of God. And he wants to set you free. He wants to bring liberty to your life. Open that prison door and guide you out. Listen to his voice. Listen to his guidance. So we need to put, put that spirit on. It's like a cloak. We put it on. We immerse ourselves in it. Today, if you struggle with bitterness, anxiety, commitment issues, self-gratification, aggression, shame, worry, depression, impatience, Fear, condemnation, doubt, greed, jealousy, pride. You need to know that is not the voice of God in your life. That is not the fruit of God. I, I blogged this week about one of my favorite, favorite scriptures in Ezekiel 20. I'm sorry, I don't have it on the screen. We see God talking to himself. He's in a moment of anger. Yes, God gets angry. Um, he's in a moment of He wants to act a certain way out of his anger and he talks to himself and this is what he says. Then I thought better of it and I acted out of who I was and not how I felt. If the God of the universe needs to do a bit of self-talk from time to time, how much more do I need to do a bit of self-talk from time to time? And how much more do I need to arrest myself before I react and go, I'm going to act out of who I am, not how I feel right now. So who are you? You are these things. You are these things. Arrest yourself. Use a bit of wisdom. Use a bit of self-control and act out of who you are, not how the world is telling you to feel. Amen? Amen? You still love me today? You know what? It doesn't matter even if you don't. Take your place. Take your place as a rightful heir next to Jesus, the one who did it all, who completed it all for you. It says we are co-heirs with Christ. When you understand you're a co-heir with Christ, you're seated next to him in heavenly places. It's no longer a struggle. You're already there. Can I tell you, you've arrived. You've arrived. It's all good. You just have to live from that place. You live from that place. Amen? Reconnection with your true self by the Spirit of God. The second point and my last point is that the acts of the Holy Spirit on this side are for the building up of the church. Now, I'm not talking about this building at 195 Elizabeth Avenue. I'm talking about the people sitting in this building. I'm talking about the community that's represented by you and I. That is the church. The church is not four black walls and a front door. The church is living and breathing. It has legs. 
it has a heartbeat, and it walks around in the earth. You are the church. And so these gifts are for the building up of the church. So what's awesome is we look at these gifts, and um, if you are unaware of what your spiritual or motivational gifts are, I invite you, next time we say we're doing gift discovery, come along and do it. Learn what your gifts are. Learn what your spiritual gifts are because we're all so different. And we're different because God is on mission and he commissions us and he designed us all different to meet different needs, to interact with different people, to bring an answer in your way and my way and someone else's way. And together and collectively, we are the whole expression of Jesus in the earth. That's, that's the role of the acts of the spirit on this side, our spiritual gifts. What is it that you're good at? And be fully in that gift. You know, I was thinking the other day just how sad it is that the enemy would cause Christians to wake up on Monday morning and go to a job where they're not fully in their gift. And they're just doing life. They're just in maintenance mode. They're in survival mode. And they do that until retirement. And then... You know, they do a few years of retirement and then life's over. And yeah, they've been good people and, and you know, they've raised great families, but they've never actually been fully in their gift. Yeah, wow. They've ne- never actually been fully in that place of, I am who I was intended to be. You know what, you don't have to quit your job tomorrow because you know you're meant to be this, but you're like pushing papers. That's not the point because you can be pushing papers and still fully in your gift. Yeah. Understand what your gifts are. If you have the gift of helps and you're going to an office tomorrow, when you're fully in that gift of helps and serving people, you will come alive. It will no longer be a dead-end job to you because you're fully in your gift. If you have the gift of um, mercy, you will turn up tomorrow and you're turning your spiritual eyes on and fully in that gift, you will come alive. Amen? And these, these um, gifts here, they're all incredible, but they're all so different. The point is this, is that we are still breathing. You and I woke up with air in our lungs this morning for a reason. And the Holy Spirit is desperately trying to get through to you to say to you, you're still purposed. I still have a plan for you. Jesus commissioned you to make a difference. And I'm here. I'm waiting I'm waiting for you to walk with me, to surrender to my voice, to surrender to my promptings so that you can see more of Jesus outworked in the earth. You and I together, we can bring change. That's the goal. That's, the goal is not to pay your electricity bill, sweetheart. The goal is not to keep your car on the road. The goal is to keep your car on the road so you can pick someone up to take them to life groups so that they'll meet Jesus. The goal is that you'd have a beautiful house so you can open your home so that people can come in and learn the Word of God and feast and and feel community and feel love where they have not felt it before. You open your doors and you welcome them in and you embrace them and you move them into their discipleship journey. The goal is transformation. The goal is liberation. Not just for you, it doesn't stop with you. If it stopped with you, you would die after you met Jesus and you would go straight to heaven. The point is you're still here and the Spirit of God wants to work through you. 
and He can work through you and He's given you the ability to bear some beautiful fruit and gifts. Your gifts are different to mine and together, if we're side by side and we're following the voice of the Holy Spirit, something beautiful can take place. It is everything. It is all around us. Paul talks about praying without ceasing. I didn't understand that until I married this holy man here who very rarely prays long-winded prayers in front of you. And he often gets criticized for being not spiritual enough. Can I say this guy doesn't stop praying? Can I say that this guy, I've been so convicted by being married for 14 years to him, is that he, he's always tuned in. And the kind of appointments that he tunes into throughout his day and the words that he speaks into people's lives and the transformation that he sees by just simply, he's dying of embarrassment right now, by just simply being in tune, he's not going to show off to anybody. He's just going to be in tune and working out his gift, which is not mercy, but it is encouragement. Amen. And he'll bring someone with mercy alongside him to help him out sometimes. It's not me. (laughs) Spirit of God, he is so beautiful. The other thing I didn't write on here, all the things he's not. He's not a cloud. He's not a ghost. He's not a fire. He's not a presence. He's a person. He's a person. He's a person. And he wants to be in communion with us. Amen? Every day, every moment, every moment. I love talking to people who are at work and they come and tell me about challenging settings and, and they're like, you know, and then just this, I saw this mug on a windowsill and it had a thing on it a statement, and I knew God was with me. Just in tune, just listening to the little promptings. You know, I was, at, I was at the servo, and I heard a couple yelling and screaming at their children in the car behind me, swearing, and my heart broke for those children, so I just paid for their fuel, and I walked out. I love hearing those stories of just, I'm just in tune to the Spirit of God, just listening, I'm, I'm just willing, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm not rushing onto my next appointment, I'm not so busy and so distracted that I don't see him, I don't hear him, I don't see them, and I don't hear them, because his whole goal is to work through me into the lives of other people. Lord Jesus, I thank you, I thank you for the work on the cross, I thank you this morning, thank you that it is done, it is done, that we don't have to strive We don't have to strive anymore, that we come into a place of complete, perfect, finished work on our behalf. It's done for us by you. And I thank you that you love us so much that you didn't just leave us, you sent a helper. And Holy Spirit, this morning, we recognize you. Holy Spirit, you are here. Holy Spirit, we want to... We want to be aware of you in every moment of our lives. We want to be the sort of people that are supernaturally natural. 
We want to be the sort of people that understand and are aware of the spirit realm and your voice and your leading and your guidance. Help us to see what you see. Break our heart for what breaks your heart. Lord, that our hearts would stop breaking for our own needs, for our own expectations, that we would stop being self-focused, but we would start to see what you see and outwork that. Lord, knowing that it's all done, all of our needs are met, Lord Jesus, and that we just walk each day in community with you. And Holy Spirit, I just ask right now, I ask that you would just give us a sense of who you are. May you whisper into our hearts, whisper into our spirits, deep calls unto deep, the thunderclaps of your name, Jesus. And today, I pray that we would be a people that silence our circumstances and silence ourselves long enough to hear those promptings, enough to hear that, that whisper, that, that word of knowledge, that, that observation, and that we would be obedient enough to act on it, to be your hands and your feet, Jesus. Father God, I pray, Lord Jesus, for the opening of prison doors this morning. Lord, conviction that would come in the most beautiful way. Lord Jesus, I ask, I ask, Lord God, that people would come into an awareness of who you are. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you've never, ever been in relationship with Jesus. Maybe, maybe you thought you were a Christian, but you've realized this morning that, yeah, I am. I believe in Jesus, but I haven't been walking in community with the Holy Spirit. I didn't realize that that's what it could be. I've been striving. This whole walk of Christianity for me has been works, and I've realized this morning that I can be and that He's with me. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to respond to that just by raising your hand while no one's looking around. You can say, that's me. That's me. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. You want to respond and you want to say, today, today I'm aligning myself with the work of the cross and the Spirit of God. Give me a wave if that's you. If you want to join those ones this morning. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I thank you for the ones that have responded. Lord Jesus, your word that has gone out and changed lives. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that that was you, that you bring people to Christ, that you bring people to Christ. I thank you that you met those two in their seats. You have an agenda and it is their freedom. Your agenda is their restoration. Your agenda is their liberation. Your agenda is power and future and purpose and eternity. And I thank you that you've brought them to that place, Holy Spirit. And we just ask, Lord God, that they would continue to have a revelation that they are a child of God, that even today in their response, in their confession, Lord Jesus, that they are a child of the living God, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Father God, I thank you that you would set them on a path. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd come around them in a powerful way, bring change, bring transformation from glory to glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's give them a huge round of applause. Well done. Amen.